What is it? It's your father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. How did my father die? A young Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. He betrayed and murdered your father. Now the Jedi are all but extinct. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. This is Jason, and this is Gabe, and it's the start. The I think it's the official start of our weekly summer June series on Kenobi, summer loving with Kenobi. Relax, take a deep breath. Hello there. Well, it's also we're officially for real post celebration. We're rested. We're kind of back to normal, maybe if we were ever normal to begin with. But it's definitely we were pre celebration, then we were during celebration, and now we are officially post. We're not walking down a street in Anaheim with cars honking, or we're not half asleep. In a bed or sitting in a chair by a bed in Anaheim. We're back in our homes, somewhat rested. Yeah, we're half asleep in our homes <laughs> and next to a microphone instead of in a bed, but somewhat normal. Yeah, that's just, that's how we do it. This is how we do it. So, just still kind of coming down on the, the fever dream that was Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, just the the whirlwind of activity it's it, it literally like feels like a dream like it's like something out of a dream well i was thinking it's one of the good things now that i've been working from home is it doesn't feel as big of a shock being back because it isn't like you know i have to go back to the office where people don't care about that i was at star wars celebration where at least i'm just kind of home by myself and i still kind of feel like i'm at star wars celebration in my mind so it's been an easier transition than in years past. It's a wild one. It was a really, really wild one. <laughs> yeah. It was great. No, it really, it really was. It was great, though. It was great. It was just, just a literal like tornado of a weekend and a five day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally was like watching people's like videos on YouTube, and it was like God, it, it was all real. That giant duck with a gold chain or whatever it was that we walked past every day. That was that was really there. I didn't imagine it. Yeah. I still don't understand what it is, but it was real. Yeah, we'll, we'll never know. But yeah, it, it was 
other people saw it too. It all happened. Looking back though, it's like, I, and I think we said it. I really, I don't know what we said in those celebration episodes because we were a little tired. But again, like if you, if you bumped into us at celebration again, like I think I said it in those episodes, that's all the stuff I, I'm really taking away from celebration 2022. It's all the interactions we had with friends and listeners and late night Marriott bar conversations that delved into total, total madness and people stopping us on the floor, just saying the most incredibly kind things to us uh, about the show is that that's all what I'm taking away. So again, thank you everyone so much. Yeah, that really was what brought this one kind of to the next level versus uh, any of the previous celebrations. But kind of on that note, because people have been asking, we have decided to take a break next celebration and we're going to be sitting out of the London one because we just kind of need to recharge our Star Wars batteries a little bit, maybe. <laughs> like our celebration batteries. It's, it's, I, I couldn't fathom trying to go that big of a turnaround. And, you know, we part, part of the thing that makes the show works is that our, our wives don't leave us. So <laughs> our, our children still know who we are. Yes. Yeah, so we, we've got to, we got to just be chill next year and really enjoy the live stream. And we wish all folks in the UK and in Europe, we wish we could meet you all finally, but, um, but we, we, we just got to sit this one out. <laughs> but we are kind of excited. We've talked about we'll probably be, you know, maybe taking off of work and just watching the live stream all day and possibly, you know, meeting up in uh, either here or in Michigan and, and watching it together. So it'll be kind of a celebration light maybe thing. So it should still be exciting and a little more interesting than than our normal day-to-day life but not as insane as getting on a plane and flying uh across the ocean the big ocean to london and maybe we set up like a queue in somebody's basement and it's we we all right 6 a.m we got to get up we got to go and we like eat like a really bad breakfast and then go stand in line for three hours in somebody's basement and just turn the heat up really high in the basement and we just start sweating really hard just to recreate the celebration experience as much as possible. We can build elaborate miniatures that look like a convention center. Walk through it like Godzilla. <laughs> well, we got also we got to give just one more thanks to to Tom Spina and Kirk Thatcher, Amy Ratcliffe for the the creatures return the Jedi panel. That's another thing where I'm like, did, did we really do that? And I got to like, go back and look at the photos of it. And it's like, well, I'm in these photos. So I think it really did happen. Yeah. I'm so grateful that there were pictures because yeah, I, I could have very easily woken up on Monday and, and never knew if that really happened. So I'm glad to look back and see that, that it was a real thing and it wasn't, it was a dream, but it actually happened too. It was the fastest hour of my life, that hour that we were out there talking about the creatures of Return of the Jedi. And, and it's so cool. That we've just heard nothing but really positive things from everyone about it. And even Phil Tippett was on Twitter talking about the, the flippers, the news that shook the world, the Max Rebo flippers, the, the breaking Max Rebo anatomy news. So it's like, yeah, it's just surreal and bizarre and awesome. And uh, yeah, again, we, we're just so grateful that uh, we could be a part of it and so cool it, it was nice to spread the legend of light man also oh to some to some new people so that made it all it all was worth it as soon as the light man slides came up i just saw spina kind of turn his head and look at me like do you want to do this and i was like i'm i'm happy to talk about light man in front of almost 900 people just, let's go it doesn't get any better than that warrior, the last of the Jedi Knights, and master of the Force. This is the weapon of the Jedi Knights. 
And now the old Jedi was called upon again to rid the galaxy of evil. Ben Kenobi was needed. Ben Kenobi is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Okay, so let's get into talking about episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think they're calling it part three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Before we start getting into the nitty-gritty, breaking down all the moments of the episode, there's some overarching themes to discuss of things going on in this episode. We've kind of got a little bit of an interesting Blast Point situation here going on with Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. I'm really, 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 really into it. I kind of black out when I'm watching it. I'm I'm really involved in it. Gabe, what, how are you feeling about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show? I'm enjoying it, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not as into it, into it as you're into it. I think it's cool that we're at the point now where there's like different types of Star Wars shows and they for people with different interests. And this one is not as interesting to me as I thought it would be. And it might be that it's kind of a more minimalist show and that there's a lot. It's a lot of just talking and the talking is excellent and the the story is great. And I'm really excited to see where it goes, but I'm not like feeling compelled to rewatch the episodes maybe because there's not as much just action and silliness and kind of extra curricular star Wars-ness. It's more very laser focused on Obi-Wan Kenobi and this small little journey with him and Leia. I definitely am biased because I mean, you know, I Obi-Wan has always been one of my favorite characters I've always loved Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, and I've always been super duper interested in this period of time. And we're getting that period of time. It's resonating with me a lot. And I don't know, maybe that's, it's just, it's connecting with me in a different way than you, perhaps, probably. I don't know. But I get, I get, I get where you're coming from, though. I do. Because, like, if you compare it to Star Wars TV that we've gotten before, or almost any Star Wars, I mean, it is more minimal. It's almost like it's more Empire Strikes Back than it is Return of the Jedi. But it's even more Empire Strikes Back than Empire Strikes Back, maybe. Because it's, I think that's the stuff that's there, like what you're, the, the story and seeing, you know, Kenobi's state of mind and all of that is really great. And I think it's just, yeah, this is, I don't want to say the least Star Wars, Star Wars, because it's still Star Wars, but. Yeah, I think I can't think of a better description than minimalist. It's like stripping everything that Star Wars has that makes it Star Wars away that you can strip away and still have it be Star Wars, if that makes sense, is kind of what this show's going for. And I kind of appreciate them going for it that way and doing this very kind of stripped down thing. But all the extra candy on top is some of the stuff that I like the most. So I think that's where, yeah, I'm just kind of still coming to grips with what this show is and, and trying to appreciate it on its terms and not expecting it to be something it never intended to be. And I think that's kind of where I am at the middle of the season where we are here. And I will say going back and watching the first two episodes again, I really, really like the first one a lot. And the second one's cool. And, and this one's cool too, but there's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very different Star Wars to me, and I'm and I'm still kind of yeah getting used to it, you know. And it might be the fact too that that it's it's Ewan who is prequel Obi Wan, which is great. It's Ewan, it's prequel Obi Wan, but it's prequel Obi Wan in a very different than the prequels scenario too, which is kind of I don't know. I'm just getting used to it. I think. Yeah, I can totally I can totally get that. It, that makes total sense. And it's interesting. I mean, this doesn't happen very much, folks. But it's, I don't, it's. I'm, I'm, I'm having a completely different reaction to this show. Well, it kind of happens a lot, though, because I wonder, and I'm really curious to see down the road how this pans out, because it is a little bit of the. You're always a hundred percent 
on board at the beginning, and I'm usually a little hesitant sometimes. It's true. So that is true. And over time, and over time, we kind of, you know, we kind of move more towards the middle of of uh, of how we feel about this. And but just as many times, yeah. There's other times where we're just both, you know, we're crazy. We're we're, we're crazy on board right away. But yeah, I'll be, it'll be curious to see if uh, if if I warm up to it more and you cool off to it more over time. I can't see cooling off to this one <laughs> because I don't have any doubt in my mind about this one right now at all. And I'm I'm not having, especially after the third episode, I'm not having, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty on board. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We still have four, fives, and six to go, but. But it's true. It has happened before. Solo was an example of that where we saw it, opinions changed. I mean, the rise of Skywalker, but we don't need to get go into all that. Well, and that's the thing. I, I don't want it to come across like I don't like the show or I think the show is bad either because it's not. It's just and, – and I think that's what's kind of cool is it's – it's. I think the best way I can think of it too is it's kind of like with the comics and the books where there's like – there's some of the books that I'm really excited to and I want to read. And there's other books where it's kind of like, eh, it's not really my thing. And I think it's really cool that we're at the point now with the TV shows that we're starting to get these different flavors. And there are shows that some people are going to like more and some people are going to like less. But that's the whole point is kind of getting that variety of telling these Star Wars stories in different in different ways. And it's not all the same thing like we kind of were used to in the past. So I think that's overall, it's a really cool thing that we're, we're actually at that point. And then now with Cassian coming and potentially being a whole nother flavor is really, really cool. Right. Totally. That's the way, like that was the dream of star Wars TV in the beginning. Like let's get lots of different kinds of stories. Cause star Wars is big enough where you can do that. I think like we said, that was the special thing with this celebration and this new era of star Wars as we, we're, we we are in this new era of Star Wars where we are going to get lots of different flavors, lots of different types of shows that are all kind of uniquely Star Wars in their own way. And that's great. Keep it going. Let's get even crazier. That's what I think. But let's talk about part three here. It's a major moment. It's Anakin, Vader, and Obi-Wan meeting again. I think we said... After we saw episodes one and two at the red carpet premiere in California, that it was Revenge of the Sith Part Two. This episode really is Revenge of the Sith Part Two. Other than this one, though, it got me really thinking about two key moments in A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. And it's something that I've seen other people talking about on social media. Our friends at the the Geeky Waffle, uh, they did a whole Twitter thread similar thing to this with bits from the script that if you don't follow them, you should. And you should check out this thread because it was very good. But it was the thing that kind of before Kenobi came out, people were like, well, how can they do Obi-Wan and Vader having, you know, what Kathy Kennedy called the the rematch of the century when it seemed like in A New Hope that they hadn't seen each other in a long time, possibly since Revenge of the Sith. But it's one thing with this show, I think it's, at least for me, it's adding so much to not only these old scenes, but to me it's adding more to the prequels also. Where I just rewatched all the episodes again tonight. And afterwards, I was saying, I don't know how anyone can still not appreciate the prequels. We are living in the prequel renaissance right now. But if anything, this show is shining a flashlight and highlighting and underlining the fact that those movies not only were just really good, but had really, really good, intriguing stories. I, I don't know how anyone could view the prequels as just like, oh, you know, you know, it's all digital and Jar Jar and whatever. You know, this show is, I mean, that's the thing, it's so dramatic. It's highlighting just kind of the, the core of those movies, the, the story, which is something I don't think enough people talk about with the prequels. Well, yeah, especially with this one with um, the interactions between Vader and, and Obi-Wan and kind of getting to hear 
how Vader feels about their last encounter and kind of filling in some of that, um, kind of what's going on in his head at this time. And, 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 you know, we know from the end of Revenge of the Sith of he's kind of upset about Padme being dead, but we don't really know how he feels about Kenobi at this point. And by the end of this episode, we know how he feels about Kenobi at this point, which, you know, like you're saying, adds to episode three and episode four, because it kind of fills in that headspace of where, where Darth Vader is at. The line that shook me to the core, which you should have killed me when you had the chance. Not only is that Anakin talking, it's not like we're going to get to here. Like it's not the Darth Vader. Like that name no longer has any meaning to me. This is this is Anakin talking to Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's him kind of saying, "I wish I was dead," which we've never ever ever heard. Like always, it was like, "Hey, does Darth Vader love his life? Yeah, he's great. You know, he's like fueled by rage and Sith Sith anger and stuff." And it's like when he's alone. With just him and Obi-Wan Kenobi, his his brother, his former brother, his best friend, his mentor, his master, whatever. He's like, I wish I was dead. I wish you would have killed me. It'd be better than the life I'm living right now. And it's like, man. I don't know. That like got to me. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, and then the other one where I think what does Obi-Wan say? Like, what have you become? And Vader basically turns it around that in what does he say but only what you made me i am what you made me yeah and you know if obi-wan didn't already feel bad uh but it's kind of true because he didn't kill him and he just left him there i guess assuming he would die but obi-wan's at this point kind of as much at fault as anakin was for getting in the situation to begin with anakin always right up until the end thought he was doing the right thing he thought he was doing what he should be doing. And he didn't, all the way up until the end, didn't understand why Obi-Wan wouldn't like be like, yeah, you're, this is totally right on what you're doing here. The Empire's aligning yourself with Palpatine, the lies of the Jedi. And it's, it just made, yeah, that line just made me think somewhere in, Anakin's had the anger he feels towards Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, why would he do that to me? Why would he make me like this? Why would he cut off my arms and legs and just let me burn on the side of a hill on Mustafar? Or why didn't he just kill me? Like he said, like, cause part of that is Anakin living with his self-hatred for what he believes he did to Padme and their unborn child. Right. It's all wrapped up in this, Hatred, this fuel of hatred that powers Vader. And I love in this episode, too, that after Vader is talking to Reva, what's the first thing he does? He walks over to his little window on Mustafar and just looks at the lava and the fire just to get all mad again. Because this is the this is where it all happened for him. And this it, th- these are the things I'm processing watching these episodes where I'm just thinking about the prequels. And I'm just like, oh, man. But again, so in A New Hope, when they meet on the Death Star, there's the line, and this is the thing people were getting hung up on before this show came out. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, huh? That still makes total sense now. When Vader did leave him, he was but the learner. Now he's the master. There's no conversation in A New Hope where like, well, I haven't seen you since Mustafar in episode three, Revenge of the Sith. That one, that I never had any, any concerns about that line not making any sense. Like it just, it's, that's just how they talk. But think about to the next line. With Obi-Wan talking to Vader, he calls him Darth, not Anakin anymore. Right. But, well, that's, I mean, even starting with uh, their conversations in Obi-Wan's house, it's like by part four, he's not Anakin in Obi-Wan's eyes at all. 
And that's the really fascinating thing that Obi-Wan is so traumatized by just thinking that Darth Vader is Anakin, that Anakin is somewhere inside that suit. Anakin is responsible for all these horrific actions that Obi-Wan sees as he's looking out that little little door, that that's his brother, his, you know, the fellow hero of the Clone Wars. That's what's become of him. By the time we get to Star Wars, yeah, he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. He's, And that's the thing, too, that we, we talked about this before, that in Rebels, they truly believe that the Chosen One is Luke, the one who will bring balance to the Force. Tell me, is it the Chosen One? He is. He will avenge us. They're, they've given up on Anakin Skywalker. And again, that's I'm thinking about what, when I'm watching this show, I'm like, with even Bail Organa saying to Obi-Wan that Leia is just as important as Luke, and it's like, they, it's, they are, because it's the two of them together that in the end finally get the Anakin out of the suit. Tell your sister you were right about me. And then I love thinking about the end of their fight in A New Hope with Obi-Wan. Your power's a weak old man. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. This is the new Obi-Wan. This is far and away from the Obi-Wan we're seeing in this show. And I just think that's so, so, so interesting that something happens in here, in Obi-Wan's life, in the next eight years, not a whole lot of time, where he doesn't even blink encountering Vader again. And he's like, go ahead, strike me down. You know, I am going to go to the next level, and I know how to do it. All I have to do is close my eyes and think real hard, and I'm going there. (laughs) Well, it might be something that happens in the next three episodes. So we might be finding that out sooner than later. We might not have to wait eight years. Then I think of Return of the Jedi with Luke and Vader in the hallway. Luke dropping all that truth on Vader. So you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. It's like we were saying before, with Vader talking to Obi-Wan in this episode, kind of, you should have killed me when you had the chance. Like You don't get a lot in the original trilogy, for real-world reasons or whatever, of Vader kind of admitting that he ever was Anakin Skywalker. Like once he's Vader and he's like this rage monster, that's who he is. And he will not admit he was ever anyone ever before. But then when Luke keeps pressing him and he's like, come with me, that's when Vader starts to say some real interesting stuff. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny. Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead. So that still makes me wonder, is something still coming in this show with Obi-Wan trying to bring Anakin back? I I gotta think that he's gonna try, and that 
you know, this first encounter was kind of the initial shock of it. He didn't know what to do. And I mean, what we've seen of him in these first three episodes, he's still kind of, he doesn't really know what he's doing or won't. He's not the old Obi-Wan yet. And that something, you know, once he kind of gets back to his senses and, and remembers who he once was, that the first thing he would want to do is at least try to get Anakin back. He knows he's in there. He knows he's alive. He knows he's in there. And at this point, he knows that Anakin holds him responsible, which, you know, he didn't he didn't even have to think about that before he thought he was dead. I guess my guess is the next episode, he's going to be in even worse shape emotionally than he has been. But that's at that point, there's nowhere else to go but back up and out of the and out of the darkness because he's going to have to come to terms with that. He's as he's as much a reason this happened uh, as anything. When I, I think of that with this episode and the first episode, whenever Kenobi is reaching out to Qui-Gon, I think we said in our last one he's getting nothing back. But that's not 100% totally true. He's hearing voices. If you pay attention and listen to what he's hearing, it's all pain. It's all suffering, like from the prequels. It's all just horrible things. And it, it makes me wonder if these voices he's hearing from the Force, if that is Qui-Gon trying to teach him a lesson in that moment, that Obi-Wan is focusing on himself only and his own pain and his own struggles. He doesn't want to leave tattooing. He wants to keep a close eye on Luke. He He's looking very much only at himself. Like, you know, he's forgetting Qui-Gon's lesson. Don't center on your, on your anxieties. Keep your concentration on the here and now where it belongs. He is centering on his anxieties all through these first three episodes. Yeah, and he's pretty much given up any sort of feeling the will of the Force or looking to the, to the future of where, where the force wants him to be he's just well he's yeah he's just depressed and focused on himself and it's so cool when when they're in the path and they see the message on the wall from Quinlan Voss which is just ridiculous bringing in Quinlan Voss I love it though but only when the eyes are closed can you truly see the way and that's to me that's like got to be resonating with Obi-Wan Kenobi because you know, your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Like, his eyes are open. He's not closing his eyes and focusing on what he can't see, what is beyond, what, is the, what, is, what else is out there. Obi-Wan is not connected to the cosmic force in any way, shape, or form. So then, of course, Qui-Gon is not going to talk to him. Qui-Gon is the floating balls of light. Qui-Gon is the cosmic force. Obi-Wan is far away from that. He is centered on his, on his anxieties. His eyes are open. He's seeing too much. He's thinking about too much. He is not in a meditative state. Like, what does Qui-Gon do right before he fights Darth Maul? He goes into that awesome Jedi battle meditation, which is still the coolest thing in the world. Obi-Wan is not there yet. And I, I don't know, I wonder with, like, all those, like, bummer messages if that is Qui-Gon being like do you need to work through all this stuff get it get it all worked out get it out of your system before you can go to the next level before you can get to strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine well and it's almost if we go back to the to the the deleted stuff from Revenge of the Sith with Qui-Gon saying it's compassion that lets the Jedi live forever and, and become a ghost that Obi-Wan is not focusing on his compassion for Anakin. He's focusing on his fear of Darth Vader and his, his fear of the mistakes he made. Like he's kind of, yeah, he's not thinking about the right things and he's not focusing his intention on, can he help Anakin right now? He's, he's just running away from the past and the past is Darth Vader literally walking after him and he's running from that and not moving towards it and trying to be the compassionate Jedi that he's supposed to be. When it's like when he's talking to Owen in the first episode, when they're talking about Luke and Obi-Wan is like, is, is he all right? Is he okay? And Owen's like, do, do you care? All you care about is if he's showing 
I think is what he says. And that's the thing too. It's like, do you really care about Luke or is it just a job to you? And I feel like that is part of what's going on with little Leia, where we see by the third episode, Obi-Wan starting to have compassion towards her. And he's processing his guilt, his grief, all the things he carries with him from the prequels, all the guilt he feels about Padme, which I love how much they're addressing Padme in this show. Finally, people actually talking about her and what an important character she was, is. And the guilt that kind of Obi-Wan feels also, not only about Anakin, but, but what happened to Padme. He sees so much of Padme in little Leia, and he's, he's processing his grief, all the things he carries with him. And through that process, he's getting compassion for little Leia. And I, it's like, I feel like when he stops little Leia from falling and uses the Force, it's using the Force out of compassion. When he repairs Lola for Leia, that's compassion. Oh, it's like Obi-Wan is achieving that next level through, you know, the 100% the most Star Wars thing in the world, through love, through caring about others, through selflessness. And, and I think of, too, the theme of lost families that's going on, especially in this episode where we have little Leia talking about, you knew my mother, and are you my actual real father? And sometimes I dream of who my real father is. And then Obi-Wan talking about how he remembers his family. And he thinks, he remembers, I remember a baby. I think I had a brother. You know, like, what? And then you think of Anakin, too. And Anakin, they had this lost family. And I love Obi-Wan being like, but then I got a new family in the Jedi. And that all was great. No problems whatsoever. No, it's terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> we, so much of, you know, Star Wars, like the Mandalorian and Rebels, are, it's like this found family of this, like, misfits coming together. And here we have like these like orphans, these broken kind of people all kind of connecting in that same way. And I don't know, maybe, and maybe that's the thing that I am grooving on these kind of more personal conversations going on in Star Wars and connecting it to other things. I don't know. That's, I don't, I'm grooving on it. Yeah. No, I really liked that part with them talking and, and just the idea of them kind of finally addressing with dialogue of the, the weirdness of the Jedi, you know, stealing these children and, you know, hearing Obi-Wan remembering his childhood and his family was, was really cool. And it, and it made me wonder if we're going to get more of that in tales of the Jedi with kind of showing some of Ahsoka's childhood and just how, even if it's an honor to have your child go to the Jedi temple, it's still traumatic for people. And it, it'll be interesting to see that addressed in in star wars stories or or will we ever see it addressed because it was really interesting hearing obi-wan talk too like you know are we ever going to get a story about a family that lost a child to the jedi and what what does that make them think about the jedi order or you know the empire or or any of that that you know it's doesn't sound like it's fun for anybody really no and it you know and it makes me wonder too of like well do you remember your mother your real mother i if anyone could show little Leia who her real mother was, it would be right now in this show. It would be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because that was the thing always of like, well, how does Leia know what she looked like? Maybe he will. It's a common relationship. It's a, it's, it's a common bond that Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi have that I never really thought of, too. And I'm digging it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So let's start getting into the nitty-gritty, the chunky bits of the show. Yeah, it starts out right away where Obi-Wan, he just like had his little connection with Anakin, and he's reaching out to Qui-Gon Jinn, and it's getting nothing. Or is he? I don't know. That's up to you. And then we cut to Vader being put together. Woo, look, making it look like it hurts. 
just grisly, nasty. It's probably just his chest thing probably kept falling off. And finally he was like, just stick it into me. I'm tired of having to pick this. Tired of having to pick this thing up. It's like, what does it matter? Just put a big spike right in the middle of my chest. Who, who cares? Yeah. But I do love the way that scene ends, where Obi Wan just says he's coming, Master. Well, it's the yeah, it's part two of the end of part two, where they both are now aware of each other's existence. They're both aware they're alive and. Obi-Wan knows he's coming, and Anakin knows where he's going. We're going to get, I don't think it's any big secret, any big surprise. We're going to get some kind of Qui-Gon, something or other. By the time this show is done, either a voice or a ball of light, like in Clone Wars, or actual Liam Neeson, or some kind of funky de-aged Liam Neeson or something, looking like straight up out of Phantom Menace. It's something that's going to happen. And something's going to happen with us when that happens. Something bad. We, we may disappear. <laughs> Where's the new Blast Points episode? It was done, and then it erased itself and puffed into a pile of smoke. <laughs> just going to walk naked outside my house and just go on a little walkabout. Maybe we will be at Celebration London because we'll just wake up and we'll be naked in London, and it's a year from now, and we won't know how we got there. Guess I just need to go to Celebration. <laughs> yeah, I guess Qui-Gon wanted us to go. So then we cut to Mustafar. Uh, we got the Vader suit looking great. We got James Earl Jones. I saw, I heard some people saying that maybe it's not James Earl Jones and it's they're doing some re-speech stuff. I am convinced it's the re-speecher and that's why it sounds so good. And I think it's funny that it's probably the same people who are complaining that re-speecher is stupid and they shouldn't have used it for Luke are probably the same people who are saying Vader sounds great and, and aren't questioning it. That is my prediction is that maybe James Earl Jones recorded new lines, but then they used re-speecher to make it sound like classic Vader instead of how he sounded in rebels. I don't know how they did it, but he sounds great. It sounds amazing. And also I heard people saying that, especially when Obi-Wan and Vader are fighting, some of the lines sound very Hayden Christensen and I, I really wonder if we are getting, like, a mixture of Hayden, James L. Jones, through the re-speecher thing. I don't know. I mean, and it seems like, why wouldn't you use it? Because even if it sounds robotic, it should. It's Darth Vader. So it's like, this is the perfect use for something like that, too, to get that that exact kind of Darth Vader sound to the voice. I think it's. I think it sounds great, and I whatever, yeah, whatever way they they use to get there, whatever. He almost sounds better than he did in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I think this is like the best Vader has sounded since Return of the Jedi. It sounds better than he did in Rogue One, and I was fine with it in Rogue One. But he's talking to a little hologram of Reva, and uh, he's basically like, "What? Get Kenobi, and you'll be the Grand Inquisitor." And then, yeah, he's in his castle on Mustafar. All I could think of too was the Lee Brackett draft of feeding gargoyles out of a gold bowl and stuff. As soon as the camera cut away, he went and fed the gargoyles before he left. And then we cut back to uh, Leia and Kenobi and she's like, can't you make this ship go faster? I love their little discussion of the force. How does it work? The force. What does it feel like? Have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? I feel safe. Yes, it feels like that. It, it, it's the light and the dark. The light side of the force makes you feel safe. The dark side of the force makes you feel afraid. It's basically what it is. And Yeah, that was great. Like I said, the, 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 the writing and the acting and the... The drama in this show is really, really, really good. I have no complaints. I love Leia. Is basically asking Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, what is the Force? Just like Luke does later on Tatooine in the Hut. The Force. Now the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It 
surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. He's it's it's Obi Wan not just learning how to be Obi-Wan Kenobi again. Like you can dig the lightsabers up out of a box in the desert and you can put it on your belt, but it's almost like the Obi-Wan of the past is gone. It's it's, he's learning to be a new version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, and I think thinking about it, it is really clever to, I mean, it was clever to bring Leia in as an excuse to get Kenobi off tattooing. And it's also, kind of clever because you don't really think about oh, why doesn't Leia tell Luke this stuff because in the A New Hope by the time Leia shows up Obi-Wan's already gone so it's kind of like it's not like she was there when he was training with the remote and asking about the force and like you told you told me about this already when I was a kid you know kind of a thing like it it, it works out really well that that they were never kind of together at the same time with Kenobi in the in the original movies so I'm, I'm they're taking advantage of this really well so Obi-Wan fixes the droid and they land on the planet Marpuzel I think is the, how they're saying it and we see our first look at the the cargo droid which is so cool and I love Obi-Wan talking about, too, how Marpuzo used to be, these used to be fields and families, and now it's it's nothing. And then, whoa, he sees, like, a little, like, freak out of Anakin Skywalker out there in the field. And at first, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I was like, who, who's that? What? Could you tell who it was right away? Yeah, I was like, oh, finally. Because that's the thing. It's like, they got Hayden. I want to see Hayden. I don't want to just hear interviews of Hayden. Like this is our first real glimpse of him in the show. And I think that's maybe where I'm, there's some frustration where it's like, you got him. Come on. We're not getting flashbacks or anything. So it's like, I want more of these freak out visions with, with Hayden. Like we have him, let's see him. So yeah, this was great. I was like, yes, there he is. Obi-Wan's freaking out. I'm freaking out too. So then we go to the, the underwater Inquisitor castle, and there's all kinds of drum, drama going on with the fifth brother, and he's still in charge, and everybody's mad that so-and-so called Vader before them. Like, what? You called Vader? You talked on the telephone? You talked to Vader on the telephone? <laughs> and they're like, send in the probes. Like, don't worry. He just called me pupil. The time has come for me to select a pupil. Which one of you is strongest in the power of the dark side? If there is more than one of you, I want the youngest. <laughs> Good. I shall make you my pupil. So then they're, they're walking in the desert. They're lost and out comes a uh, space bus with a mole alien guy named Freck. And <laughs> hey there. I'm Freck. Yeah, it's like, why, why is he doing our Claude voice? <laughs> He's stealing our Claude voice. As Zach Braffman listened to Blast Points, well, come on, get in, guys. I heard you need some help. Get in my truck. Do you guys like potato chips? I got lots of little bags back there. <laughs> hey, you look like this man on my Pringles. I sure do love Pringles. Yeah, and then yeah, they, they get in the back of his truck, and they got... Uh, an empire sign back there. He's like, nothing wrong with a little bit of order. Yeah. I, I see. Yeah. I, I'm really into mole, mole aliens is driving trucks around. So this, this part I, I was enjoying myself. <laughs> well, I'm going that way. Hop in. Uh, so Freck is all giving him a ride. And then, uh Oh, a bunch of uh, stormtroopers get on board and they're looking for a Jedi. Uh, Obi-Wan slips up and calls her Leia. Is that what that was her mother's name? I'm very confused, but I, I do love how that moment again with a, with a Padme shout out where Obi-Wan is sometimes when I look at her, I see her mother's face and I was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So then eventually they're going along and they get to like this little electro stop post and they have to get out and out comes a probe droid. It, it IDs Kenobi. And then we get some Kenobi with a blaster action. A trooper falls out of like the little watchtower and gets cut in half. It's brutal. And then out comes uh, another like little squad of stormtroopers and like a little Imperial thing. And 
we got this uh, this imperial lady comes out and she blasts the stormtroopers and her name is Tala saves them, which super interesting, super surprising. We didn't see that coming. Yeah, we already got some imperial spies in the mix. So now all the inquisitors are looking at maps and they know where Vader, where Obi-Wan is. And again, more drama. Vader's already been informed. Wacky fifth brother already called Vader. Everybody just wants to talk to Vader on the phone. Darth Vader party line. It's the Empire Strikes Back 1-800 number all over again. They managed to rescue the princess and to destroy the Death Star. But this time, the rebels won't be so lucky. And with Obi-Wan Kenobi gone... So then they go into the town and they go into the little place and we got Ned B. I love Ned B. I'm a sucker for a big, big droid, big quiet droid. I love his like sounds. He just wants to do his work. That's all. I love when the stormtroopers come in later and they're just like, wow, oh, it's just a cargo droid. Can't understand what you're saying. And like Ned B like, like looks away. <laughs> Like, I don't know what you guys are even talking about. But meanwhile, he's got like this giant hammer in his hand and he's just ready to go to town. Yeah. Yeah. Tala shows Kenobi the path, which leads to Jabin, Jablin, Jellybean, Planet Jellybean. I don't know what, what I couldn't try and find a spelling of that, where it's it's like the Underground Railroad for Jedi and they take them and they get new identities. The Empire is hunting anyone who's force sensitive. It's just like, this is cool. This is really cool. This is I'm into this. Well, it's kind of more of live action kind of crossing over with animation with uh, it's, you know, stuff that kind of was, I think, hinted at in Rebels is now kind of happening in live action. Maybe we'll get live action Jedi babies. Yes, please. So I love, they're getting ready to go out and uh, Tala is getting all like her her blaster belt on. I like Leia. Is it scary having to pretend and saying, asking Tala if she can teach her to, to shoot blasters and Tala saying she'll be a good fighter one day. And uh, I'm into all that. And again, like after that, the whole conversation, like Obi-Wan saying, well, we all make mistakes. And what Tala's like, I can't imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi doing anything wrong. And he's like, it's just Ben. He's still focusing on his anxieties he's still just looking only inward well and it's almost like in his mind it's not even a disguise is that obi-wan kenobi died when anakin skywalker died and he's not even that person doesn't even exist ben ben kenobi is a totally different person in his mind almost and he's not a jedi and he's not a hero and he's kind of (laughs) useless and that's how he sees himself well, and then, yeah, you mean you think of then again in A New Hope, like, of course I know him, he's me. He is Obi-Wan. Well, I haven't gone by the name of Obi-Wan before you were born, you know? Well, and it almost makes me think if that's, you know, we've talked about this, that by the end of the season or series that Obi-Wan Kenobi dies, only this time he dies a hero and somehow... Vader thinks he's dead and that's why he can kind of go back to his hiding and it's you know he's now he is Ben Kenobi because Obi-Wan Kenobi is no longer with us but he kind of went out a hero instead of the being killed from failure he you know kind of redeems himself somehow he starts again but starts new starts right so then he starts freaking out because, yes, Darth Vader has arrived. He's, like, walking down the street, choking people, snapping necks, like, dragging some poor lady behind him. All, like, I was thinking this is all just to lure Kenobi out. See, I think this was a part of the episode that felt weird to me, and this is a me thing. Because this goes back to, and we've talked about this with Revenge of the Sith, like, even the Anakin killing the younglings thing always seemed more than in my mind I thought Vader would do. Because for me, I always imagine Vader more 
being evil through being indifferent to other people doing bad things more than him being like aggressively murdering random people. So I think that's just something that I have to get used to, that that's kind of how Vader is in the stories and not just how he is in my mind, if that makes sense. Well, I, you know, I'm right there with you with the killing younglings. I've never quite understood the point of him killing the younglings at that time in Revenge of the Sith. But see, that's the thing. I was taking it as Vader walking through the street. He was doing that to bring Kenobi out. He wasn't doing it. I mean, I've seen a lot of people online like, yeah, that's badass or something. Ugh, you know, like Vader's cold-blooded. That's so cool. That's what I want. You know, but I, I, I don't know. I take it more as it, it's sad because also there's something still kind of more Anakin about it too. Like there's there's a cockiness. There's a, there's a brashness that makes me think of Anakin in the way he's doing these horrible things, but also it's come on, Kenobi. I know this is bothering you. I know you want to step in and fight me and stop me. And if I keep doing these things, I'm going to get a reaction of you. I'm going to create fear or anger. And then I'm going to know where you are. Yeah. And I get that. And it, and it's, you know, it works, right? It's like, that's what you got to do to get Kenobi to come on. I think it's just, it was, I have to get used to that. <laughs> like it, 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 it was feeling like comic books Vader. And it, I think I'm not used to seeing that Vader in the real world. Yeah. So it was just a little jarring for me at first, but I do love when they start fighting. Yeah. Their, their sabers are lighting up sequel style where Kenobi is all blue and Vader has a nice kind of red glow over him from, from their, Filming lightsabers actually lighting up. Reva finding the entrance to the Jedi path and her touching the, the Jedi symbol. And I really, really think Reva's story is so intriguing. Her obsession with Kenobi. I personally do think she is one of the the Jedi younglings in the, the opening of episode one with the Order 66. What is her deal with Kenobi? Why is she so obsessed with Kenobi? How does she know that Anakin is Darth Vader? Because I know we said this in our super tired hotel recap for one and two. I've always kind of thought that that wasn't common knowledge in the Empire. I mean, I was like Tarkin maybe knew, but and Palpatine, of course, but not many other people or not many other people would care. But the Inquisitors are, like, obsessed with Darth Vader. And they could just figure that out pretty easily, maybe. But if if Reva feels abandoned, again, going with the idea of the lost families, to Reva, the Jedi was her family, and she felt they abandoned her. And did she see Obi-Wan's, like, hologram message that was sent out? And is she just like, why is Obi-Wan telling me to get away from the Jedi Temple? Why is Obi-Wan telling me to stay as far away as possible? Why is Obi-Wan Kenobi abandoning me? Makes sense. Tala and Leia, they split up, which, again, it's like the in the path, the writing's on the wall. You know what's going to happen. She's like, keep running until the end. And then finally, the Vader-Obi-Wan fight is still going on. Vader knocks over like some space gasoline or something, lights it on fire with his lightsaber, picks up Obi-Wan and drops him into the fire. And he's like, now you will suffer Obi-Wan. Yeah. I, I was into this part because I was like, okay, I get it. You know, he wants a little payback. You, you left me in the lava. I want you to know how this feels. Rough stuff. It's brutal, brutal. Now I, Vader like puts the fire out and uh, Tala is up there like doing some sniper shooting. And I love Ned B going to get Obi-Wan. And <laughs> I was like, Vader could probably just walk through the fire, but he doesn't, which I was like, that's awesome because remember how, you know, Frankenstein was terrified of fire and they're just riding that Vader Frankenstein thing all the way back to like the revenge of the Sith. Like, 
And it would, but like really, like from a story perspective, Vader might have issues with fire. Yeah, no, I think he might. Well, it's like uh, it's like Game of Thrones too, with the mountain, not the mountain, um, the Hound. His his only weakness was fear of fire because it was associated with horrible trauma. <laughs> In addition to just not feeling good, yeah. So it makes sense that yeah, he would be potentially not want to walk into any fire if he doesn't have to. So that kind of leaves this episode in a really interesting place for part four where Obi-Wan is like burned up. He's got like holes in his robe. Tala is, is taking him to jelly bean. Leia finds Riva at the end of the hall. And she's like, I'll take you. I, you just stay with me. Everything can be okay. And then Leia like takes off running. Vader is still there too. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen because I can't imagine Vader's going to cross paths with Leia at this point. So what's Reva going to do with Leia? But I don't think Vader and Obi-Wan are done with their reconnection either. So, yeah, I'm really, really curious to see kind of where we go at this point with only three episodes left. It's like unless Reva wants... To have Leia to bring Kenobi to her. Does she even care about delivering Kenobi to Vader? Or is her beef with Kenobi just so much more personal? Like, what what does she want to do with Kenobi in the end? Right. What is she owed? Right. Which is what she says. Like, I want what's owed. Like, And what, what does that mean right now? We don't know. And what is going on on Planet Jellybean? It's where the all the the path leads to. So, do we have, you know, Order sixty six survivors, Jedi's that were in hiding? Is it like a Jedi like safe place? And what would it mean for Obi Wan Kenobi, all burned up and feeling bad, to go there? Is as he going like a back to tank? And then do we have like? You know, like in Book of Boba, like the not so obvious metaphor of rebirth. Definitely, yeah, leaving us with more questions than answers, which is probably a good place to end mid-season. I know, no matter what happens, though, next week we're going to be talking about it the whole month of June. It's Kenobi month. It's Kenobi crazies. we got the Kenobi crazies. We're going to the planet Jellybean. We don't know what's going to happen there. We're gonna try all the candies that they have and see if they if they taste good. It's gonna be sweet jelly beans. It's gonna be sour jelly beans. Like save me the root beer ones. That's all I'm saying. There might be ones that taste like burned marshmallows. In in honor of Kenobi's arm. We'll see how it all pans out. I'm enjoying the show. We'll we'll just see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, and uh, I am along for this this ride in this spaceship and this Kenobi spaceship. Will there be more mold truck driving man? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I hope the very last thing in the show after it's done is him just like waking up outside of his buzz. What? What the hell? What, what happened? <laughs> I knew that guy was up to no good. figures, each sold separately. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. With R2-D2 and C-3PO, there's even Chewbacca and Han Solo. Someone's coming, Chewie. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Now I know the Force is with us. R2-D2, Darth Vader, C-3PO, and other Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. This is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dulan, Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you always. 
And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Apple Podcast Reviews, guess what? We would love it if you would go over there and write something nice about Blast Points Podcast, why you like it. Leave us a five-star review. Eventually, we'll read your review on an upcoming show, and most of all, it brings warm feelings to our hearts. And if you listen on Spotify, you can leave us a review there. We're getting so close to 100 reviews star reviews whatever on spotify so go over there on spotify and leave us a little star review so we can get to 100 and make sure you check out our website blastpointspodcast.com and that you're following us on instagram twitter and facebook and if you're on facebook make sure you're a member of the super chill group and if you want to support the show in a different way we got the blast points army on patreon where we're gonna have kenobi commentaries there's tons of back episodes on there. Uh, Book of Boba, Clone Wars, Mandalorian, Bad Batch. And I don't even know what's going to be going on on the Patreon later this year, but like a lot. It's it's terrifying. The, the Star Wars lineup. There's so much stuff coming. So much coming. Oh, my God. Like Andor, Tales of the Jedi. Bad Batch, Season 2. Oh, my Willow. God. Oh, yeah, enjoy your summer vacation because it's the only break any of us are going to get. End of August, school is going to be in session when Andor starts. It's time to hit the books. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we're all back home from celebration. We all got to get healthy. We all got to sleep some more. We all got to eat some vegetables, drink water. We didn't do, I didn't eat a single vegetable during the five days or so. Was, is a Ronto wrap a vegetable? Yeah. I, I had a $10 salad at the hotel. It was the worst looking salad I ever saw. Best $10 you ever spent. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't drink enough water. That is official. And so we're all just trying to get back in the gear and go in here, back in real life, not Star Wars land. Again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of our Kenobi journey through the rest of the month. And, uh, and yeah. Until next week, we'll talk to you all very soon. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Glad to see you. This little droid. Search someone I've never heard of. I don't know. Someone called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he like a relative of yours or something? Obi-Wan. That's a name I've not heard for a long time. May the force be with all of you.